good morning. It's a pleasure to be here this morning. I've never been to my sister's church, but so far I've been so warmly welcomed by everyone. It's been um, quite a pleasure, and it's also strange to be in a place in which everyone speaks English. You know, I can understand all the conversations around me, so it's quite a blessing. Hopefully that God will be with me in this great struggle going forward to learn the Polish language to, to better serve him in a, a nation that has not yet heard the true gospel. Um, if you would at this time, would you please stand as we read God's word? We'll be reading from the 46th Psalm. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted amongst the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The word of the Lord. Please be seated. When I was asked to come here and preach, I didn't take long for me to figure out what sermon uh, passage I was going to pick from. You know, we, we, as soon as we got to the situation in Poland and Ukraine, the first thing we did was slap 46th Psalm up on the wall as a daily reminder that God was with us, that in the coming days it was going to be hard, there's going to be not a lot of sleep, there's going to be a lot of struggle, there are going to be times where we were weak and tapped out, but God would be there to be our refuge and strength through it all. Um, it was, uh, the Psalms were so important for us to go to repeatedly to remind ourselves who we served, who was with us, and the, even though that we didn't know what we were doing, we were ruled over by a king who would guide us through the tough months to come. And I think that is what we're looking today in this psalm, is how God is our fortress, our refuge, and our strength. That he is there as our king who rules over us. He will defend us. He will restrain the evil around us. And I think what we'll get into later is, most importantly, through it all, through the struggle, he'll continue to subdue us to himself. Um, you know... It was a pretty surreal moment as coming as, as someone who didn't know anyone in the room. But I found myself in this basement of this hotel, and there was about 30 people gathered there. And the look on their faces was one of utter fatigue and hopelessness. They had just fled Ukraine after the Russian invasion. They had been in Poland for about a week, 
they had all found their way to Krakow, Poland, to this hotel in very different ways. Some of them had to cross the borders in Romania, some had to cross on foot, some had to uh, get help from other churches. It was just, their stories were unbelievable, how they found themselves to this basement. You had Ukrainian nationals, you had our MTW missionaries who'd served there for some as long as 20 to 30 years since the fall of the Soviet Union. It, it, was, it, was, a, it was a very diverse crowd with very diverse experiences, but they had in common that they were living through this unimaginable tragedy. And this time, you know, we show up, we're the, we're the ones a little more fresh, a, a little more ready to respond to the situation. They needed some time to deal with with uh, the tragedies that had befallen them, and what, what could we do, though? What could we do in this scenario? Like, we don't, we just, you know, stiff upper lip, you know, everything will be okay. Let's just talk about the sovereignty of God. It wasn't the time. I, you know, sometimes my pastoral instincts are not the sharpest, but I knew, like, look, this is, this is, oh, I'm overwhelmed. I'm being overwhelmed by their situation. What can we do? How can we trust in the Lord that he's our refuge and strength? Well, the first thing we did in our time of suffering is that we went to the Lord in prayer. I, I had never in my life seen the power of prayer displayed more than this situation, where these people lost everything. Their, their whole life had been turned upside down. They had relatives in parts of Ukraine. They didn't know if they were alive at the moment. And, and they were so confused and so scared. And all we could do is just pray about it. That's, that's all the agency we had. And it was so comforting to know that in that moment that God was with us and somehow, some way, and we know by the power of the Holy Spirit, that people all of a sudden started to become alive again. It was like the dead were waking up through God working in them. And they're like, just the passion that we have to do something now. You know, the, how quickly God healed the hearts because they understood that we're part of a church and a church in crisis. We need to do something. You know, we, we have to look upon the Lord for our strength every day and just, just be a church in a time of trouble. Um, you know, we, we prayed so often, and we just took so much comfort knowing that Jesus knew our suffering. That when we pray to Jesus, it's not these prayers that are not understood. Jesus went through countless suffering that we couldn't even imagine. And then we prayed to him that what our feelings of fear and, and doubt and that Jesus understands what we're going through, that he has walked amongst us, that he lived a life of constant suffering, and that he would be there to be our strength, our mighty fortress, by providing us with the needs to respond, to find healing, to have agency. I think that was one of the things that we learned so much during this tragedy. It's one of the most difficult things when you deal with people who are in this sort of crisis is they lose all sense of agency. They want to do something, but they don't know how they can do something to help. They want to help in any way possible. And what God has provided us in being our strength and our refuge is the fortress of, sometimes we don't think about this, the church. You know, um, I'll be honest, like I Sometimes you, in the United States, you know, you, you're dealing with church life, you're dealing with like Presbyterian meetings, you, it can be frustrating. Like, it's like all we do is argue, and then there's always conflict in the church, and, you know, I don't like this pastor, I like this, you know. It was so wonderful to see that during this time of crisis that the church came together. 
the church in Ukraine definitely came together. All of that ended, and we were just like a true church, brothers and sisters looking out for one another, and a church that was immediately went to work. Um, I was really moved by our initial mission and the incredible responsibility they gave to a stranger. I, I really wasn't even on the mission field at that point. You know, I was the new guy. And I just showed up in Poland, was like, yeah, I'm a teaching elder in the North Texas Presbytery. I'm here to help. Well, this is what I want you to do. And these are the Ukrainians guiding me. I want you to go into Ukraine, and I want to, to, you to get members of our church out of the country, women and children. I want you to purchase some vans if you can and just get them out. Because at that time, first week of March, everyone thought that Ukraine would collapse. It'd be a total Russian occupation, and we were just going to look after our own first as a church should. Okay, so I was like, that, that's a pretty grave responsibility. I don't even speak the language. I've been here for a couple days, and you want me to go into this country and move out women and children of our church members. Um, it was some very difficult thing to see husbands handing over their, their family to us, trusting these absolute strangers, loading them into vans with men they've never met. But the, the reason they could trust us is because we were part of the Church of Jesus Christ. We were these strange Americans from overseas, but they knew that we shared a common king, that in our times of trouble, we went to the same source for rest, and we um, all worshiped at the feet of Jesus Christ. You know, and then the next thing that we saw the church provide that was really moving was we saw the needs of the people be fulfilled through the, the work of God. Um, God is our fortress in that he not only provides protection, but he provides uh, for our material needs. You know, it was so strange to see that in this time of crisis, in this time of trouble, non-believers, people who weren't Christians, they turned to us for help. They trusted us to bring in humanitarian aid for them. They didn't feel like they could trust some of these bigger aid organizations or the Ukrainian government or the, you know, all these other entities that wanted to help. They was like, well, we don't know if it'll get to the end point. We'll go to these, these Christians because we know that, the, you know, like they're true to their word, that they, they, they tend to, you know, have accountability for the things that we give them to. And so it was so interesting to see sometimes like the world is against the church, but when this tragedy hit, they all came to the church in trust to deliver hospital equipment, insulin to people who needed. They came to our little reformed churches in Ukraine, and it was, it was really touching to see. Um, I think that we also took um, solace after the initial shock was over when we started to sort of think about the big questions about what is going on in this country, what is going on in this war, is that we looked at the sovereignty of God to give us assurance. Um, you know, my life story, I was supposed to go to Russia as a missionary. God had other plans. We saw that story repeated so often through everyone we met. And the place that I'm planning on going now is a church that's been planted in Krakow, Poland. And it was a church plant from Lviv, Ukraine, which is kind of an interesting. It wasn't like this big, like, MTW plant where they said, we're going to have a team in Krakow, and we're going to start a church there. It was started by Lviv, Ukraine, by a Ukrainian pastor who went to receive some education in Krakow and decided, you know what, I think God is calling me to this city. 
You know, God has other plans, especially for the Lviv team, because the Lviv team invested so much time in this individual, Shashko, to be a future pastor in Ukraine. And then he just left them. They kind of felt betrayed. He just left him and, and said, no, I, God's calling me to crack off. I want to be here. I'm going to plant a church. And then we see through the sovereignty of God how he knows so much more than we could ever know that this was the mechanism. This was God planning the ability to provide aid for the people of Ukraine because we use that church as the financial center, as a logistical hub. They did everything that allowed our, our aid program, the purchasing of vehicles, to take place. And they realized that in that moment, In that moment that our plans are always superseded by God's plans, we are so much more wise. And sometimes we can be frustrated, but ultimately all things work according to his good purposes. After we came to that realization, it was easy to trust that we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but ultimately God is in charge because ultimately he is our king. It was interesting to hear sort of the, when we came to this realization how different the teachings and sermons changed. We, we stopped kind of talking about ourselves all the time, about what's going on in our lives, because it, it was in some ways too, too painful. People, you know, like, how are you doing wasn't, wasn't a good question to ask of these people. So, you know, let's, let's stop thinking about ourselves right now. When we come to church to worship, let's just put all of our focus on Jesus, on our King. Let's just talk and think about Him, because in doing that, we find our relief. And uh, I think it one of the best things that these people heard, some of them very new to the gospel, some of them very new to Christianity, heard that this idea that we do not worship the resurrected Christ. You could see the eyes when they heard about that. We, we, what do you mean we don't worship the resurrected Christ? No, we worship the ascended Christ. That is who you're, who's your king, the one who sits at the right hand of the Father in glory, the one who Isaiah saw on that unshakable throne the Jesus of Revelation whose eyes are aflame. That is who you are praying to. That is the one who is strong enough to deal with any situation that comes. Um, they would find so much comfort that they, in this tragedy, worship a God who will judge. Why are all these terrible things happening? Are they going to get away with it? All these war crimes, all these, you hear these stories that were so terrible you wouldn't want to repeat them. They would take comfort knowing that one day Christ will return in glory to judge the nations, and they will be held for account. They took comfort in knowing that Christ is their king. They also took comfort in that the king has law, that he has given us a law, how to live our best life, what is the best way for us to go about in this life, and to see the misery of what happens is when you stray away from that life. You know, um, we also, during this time, had great talks about, during this tragedy, that we can trust that ultimately that Jesus is our strength and that he is our great shepherd. You know, the, the imagery of shepherd uh, in the Bible sometimes is misunderstood. It was an ancient Middle Eastern way of referring to a king in a metaphorical way. Uh, kings of Babylon would refer to themselves as a shepherd. You know, it's the imagery of 
not really humility as we think of it sometimes, but of kingship. That Jesus is our strength and our refuge because he keeps us from going astray. The shepherd keeps his sheep in the flock. You know, when we read this psalm, the, 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 it was interesting because I remember one of uh, our new believing Ukrainians actually brought this reality. He was like, you know, I, 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 times of trouble are often not because of like what the Russians are doing or these, these things outside in the world. It's a lot of the trouble in my life has come from what I have done, my decisions, my failings. And it's like, huh. Sometimes, you know, new Christians, their, their eyes see things that you, you don't see. And uh, I remember that, and, and I, I just, um, I was so amazed at his wisdom and that he appreciated that God helps us in these circumstances by disciplining us. You know, that when we do fall astray, our great shepherd knocks us back into line, brings us back into the flock, sometimes do some hardship. But that's how you know that God's engaged with your life, that he cares about you, and that he is watching over you. You know, we also um, take comfort that God being our strength, our great shepherd, leads us to greener pastures, you know. The, the horror of the war going on, cities, air raid sirens going off constantly, your hometown's getting destroyed, some of your relatives have died, but they take comfort knowing that this isn't it. There's a world to come. We're on a journey right now, you know. And it, it, was, it was a great struggle for some of our believers to see, like, the difference. It's like, I'm Ukrainian. My home is, is under assault, you know, like, this real strength. Like, how nationalistic am I going to become? How Ukrainian am I, am I going to become when I see in the Scriptures that this Ukraine that I'm willing to fight and die for is not my home? It's my temporary place where I live. My ultimate home is in the world to come. It's a kingdom that has not yet been realized until Christ returns. That's who I owe my ultimate allegiance to. And, and you, it's interesting to hear them wrestle with that. But guided through the Holy Spirit, they, they understand that reality. Um, we talk about how David looked upon the land uh, during the height of his kingship and realized that I'm a stranger in this land. This is not where I belong. My place is alongside the Lord. I think that um, as we reflected on this psalm throughout the last six months of this war, uh, our greatest comfort, our greatest, uh, our greatest hope is that it wasn't up to anything that we were going to do. You know, like, our weakness would manifest itself daily. By the grace of God, we didn't have any big blow-ups or fights. There was sleep deprivation. There were really long days. There was all sorts of stresses going on. But the whole time, we just said, look, we have to rest in the fact that it's not about us. It's about Jesus. He is our king and our champion. He's the one that's going to go out before us and fight for us. Uh, he's going to be our strength. He's going to be the one that provides victory in all things. And in all things, it's going to be our day-to-day -day struggle with ourselves and our sin. That he is the one who 
on the cross died in our place for us, his people, as our king, to give us victory, and that he will give all those who are faithful to them his victory that he has done for us. Um, you know, it's, it is still sort of a culture shock to be back in the United States right now, to see sort of this peaceful, tranquil world. You know, um, we do have our issues. There's, you know, sometimes it seems like the world is coming down on the church. Um, but we have to consider ourselves blessed. The experience that, that I had been through over the last six months and seeing it through, you know, the Ukrainian people is, is honestly the, the norm. That house, how most human beings throughout the history of the world has lived in a time of absolute turmoil and chaos. And we, we know that all this that we have, all of this abundance, all this peace, it could come crashing down around us at any moment. But we have to take solace that we have nothing to fear that if that does happen, that ultimately God is our refuge and strength. He will lead us through it. We will be weak during that time. You, you might think that you can handle what's coming. And I'm here to tell you that I've seen stronger men than me fall apart, shed tears, lose hope. But what do they do? They take their rest that it's not about their abilities, their bravery, their courage. It's all about Jesus, our King, His strength, the one who fights the battles for us, the one who's already won. We just have to follow along. He'll keep us in the flock. He'll get us to the greener pastures. He'll lead us in a time of peace, which is to come. Would you pray with me? Lord, we come to you needing to rest under your mighty bulwarks daily. Um, Lord, we are weak people who are quick to go astray. We thank you that you provide us uh, with your rule, that you watch over us, that you guard us, Lord, we thank you that you fight for us, that you protect us, that you are a warrior. And Lord, we also ask that you'd be a God who brings peace, who breaks the bow, who shatters the spear. Lord, we'd ask that you provide the church and the people of Ukraine with comfort during this time of tragedy, that you'd be with them. Lord, we thank you for hearing their prayers, for wiping away their tears. Lord, we'd ask that our heart would go out to our brothers and sisters in Christ all over the world who are suffering, that we would pray for them, that we would be with them. And Lord, we'd ask that we'd all come together, all the nations, to bend our knee before you and to declare to the world that you are our king now and forevermore. Amen.